Just a brief note from the editor. This mini-interview for the Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable was conducted on Thursday, April 24th, 2014, the day before the big announcement from Disney that Star Wars continuity would be changing quite a bit. Bear that in mind as you listen to the episode. You're listening to the Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable, the official Star Wars Rebels discussion podcast of StarWarsReport.com. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash RebelsRoundtable, on Twitter at RebelsRound, or through our website, RebelsRoundtable.com. It's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, so strap yourselves in and welcome to the show. Hello everyone, welcome to another special exclusive bonus episode here for the Rebels Roundtable feed of the Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable. This is another of our mini interviews, sort of a getting to know you episode, so that you as a listener, if you have never got a chance to find out a little bit more about our team members, whether from discussions on Facebook or elsewhere, uh, or if you are new to uh, hearing from some of the members of the team, whether you listen to RFRN, Republic Forces Radio Network, but not Star Wars Beyond the Films, or vice versa. We want to give you a chance to know a little bit about us so that uh, you know where we're coming from and maybe we have some shared experiences as we are talking in the future about Star Wars Rebels. I am one of the regular panelists here for the show, Nathan P. Butler. With me this time to discuss his fandom and give you a little bit more about himself is the man who has been, for uh, recent memory here, the host, or I guess the the moderator, the man trying to make sure that the inmates don't wind up running the asylum over for Republic Forces Radio Network, as we've talked about season five, season six, Jonathan Brenner, Jonathan, the uh, lion tamer, and Jonathan, thank you very <laughs> much. Thank you for joining me for this quick interview episode, and may I say, blessings be upon you, sir, from the Leaf Queen. Oh, God, yes, the Leaf Queen. <laughs> Oh, no, Nathan, it's it's thrilling to be here, and I'm really looking forward to this new endeavor we are embarking upon. I'm quite excited about Rebels and where it's going to take Star Wars fandom. Hopefully it'll take it upwards. I hope we won't see people leaving in droves, but, uh, you know... I gotta say, Star Wars fans are so unpredictable, it seems like, that uh, every time we turn around, there's some new thing to either be excited about or see people going crazy about online. I guess that's sort of the nature of fandom these days. Speaking of fandom, the first question uh, right out of the gate for any of these little mini-interviews is something that actually I'm kind of curious about with you because I came into Republic Forces Radio Network once it had already gotten going, so I didn't get a chance to hear the stories behind the fandom in a lot of ways of the people who were on the team at that time, but you came in later, and as you know, as chaotic sometimes as it would be to try to schedule recordings and get everything in for the show, we really kind of threw you into the deep end and dove straight into having you contributing to the show as a panelist and then eventually being the moderator of the show. So I'm not sure that I ever got to hear about your fandom background. So the first question here simply is, uh, how did you first become a Star Wars fan? Wow. And there's really no easy answer to that. I have been a Star Wars fan probably from, I, I was thinking about this earlier, around 1977-1978. Star Wars was one of the first more, I, I'm not going to call it an adult type format, but more of a, a non-cartoon film. My, my father always used to love to tell the story that 
when he first brought me to Star Wars, the original A New Hope, I said, Dad, I don't want to see this. It, it, it's not a cartoon. It doesn't look very good. And he goes, no, 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 you love it. I went into it. I came out and I was a convert. Suddenly everything. I, I was just Star Wars hooked. So I've kind of since that moment been a just a, a Star Wars junkie. And throughout the, you know, 77 to 85, I collected the toys. I saw the movies. I kind of got out of it a little bit in the mid 80s when the only thing we had was Ewoks and droids. But then in the late 80s, early 90s, I got into it again in a big way with the West End role-playing game series. I had gaming groups through both high school, well, actually through junior high, high school, and college. And then when the Zahn novels came out, I just, I just off and running. And I've kind of been an, a, you know, an obsessive fan ever since. That brings up something that came up when Barrent and I were talking, and that is a sort of this, this age and perception thing. In my case, we talked about how I had started as being taken as basically someone too young to remember, about a year old, to see Empire, and then Jedi was the one I remembered. With Barrent, it was going to, to a drive-in to see Empire being what he remembered. You talked about going to Star Wars A New Hope in 77. So just for a context here... How old were you at the time? You know, I was figuring this out. If, if I saw I don't remember if I first saw it in 77 or 78, but either way, I was three or four. So from an age standpoint, then, essentially, it goes you, then Barrett, and me. But we're all still of that generation that did see at least some of the Star Wars films in theaters. I guess, so far, you're the first that we've dealt with here for our many interviews who actually got to see all of them originally uh, in theaters. I did see all of them, and... Those of you who follow Star Wars Action News, where I'm also a contributor, I told this story. One of my favorite Star Wars memories, and I'm sorry, Nathan, I'm going to go on a tangent, is actually when I first saw Empire Strikes Back. My father knew how excited I was that a new Star Wars movie was coming out, that I was completely just psyched up for it. So he decided to set something up in 1980 to really make it a memorable experience for me. So one day, and I knew the movie was coming out, but I guess I wasn't as aware of exactly when it was coming out. My mother brought me to my father's work, uh, supposedly for some sort of get together. And she took my brother home, but I stayed with my dad. And my dad's like, you know what, we're, we're going to stop somewhere on the way home. And he brings me in, and it's opening night for The Empire Strikes Back. And it was just extraordinary. So we saw the film, and I mean, <laughs> I remember I, I was truly the envy of the other kids in the playground because I was one of the first ones to see it. And then I get home, and my father has waiting for me the entire first wave of The Empire Strikes Back figures in a couple of the vehicles and play sets. And anybody else who knows me knows that I'm a, I'm a huge collector as well, uh, specifically or primarily of the uh, Hasbro three and three quarter inch figures. Wow. So okay. So your your story from just the 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 awesomeness at the time, which you're probably going to beat all of ours hands down. So we'll just give you that crown to start with here. Now you talk about the the collecting the figures, uh, which is something that came up uh, as Barrett was talking about, but same uh, size figures at least here. 
And I talk quite a bit on my quick little interview about my collecting of Star Wars things in terms of the comics and the novels. And one of the things that was refreshing to me, I know, whenever you came on Republic Forces Radio Network to begin with, was that there was another person on the call who actually was a fan of the Star Wars EU. Someone who wasn't just passingly familiar with it, but really gets into it as well, though maybe not quite to as an obsessive a timelining degree as some of us OCD type folks out here. Which I guess begs and leads well into our second question here, which is, how do you usually express your particular fandom? Uh, uh, is it collecting? If so, uh, what? Or in, is there anything beyond the, the figures you already mentioned there? Is it through uh, reading? Do you produce any type of, uh, of fan fiction or anything like that? Costuming? Convention going? How do you usually express your Star Wars fandom? Well, it's it's... It's a very expansive type of fandom. I, it's easier maybe to go over the things that I don't do. I don't costume. I've thought about it, but as interesting as it would be, I just don't feel like I have the time to do it justice. I have so much admiration for those people who can build armor or you know, spend hours detailing things or building R2 units. My fandom is pretty much expressed in... The collecting the toys, the three and three quarter inch figures primarily, although I have branched out a little bit into some of the higher end things and some of the other items that I like. But as far as the three and three quarter inch, I'm a completionist, probably disgustingly so. I have just an inordinate amount of things. I pretty much have everything that they've produced in the three and three quarter inch line from 1978 till now. And in a lot of cases, I have two of them, one in package and one opened. I also am probably not quite as completionist minded as you, Nathan, but I have an extensive library. I have probably all, I definitely have all the novels, usually in their initial released form. I don't like if something comes out in hardback, I usually don't pick it up in softback. I have all the music that's been released. Uh, I have all the comics in one form or another. And, you know, of, of course, all the movies on VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. And, you know, this is something that I've thought about each time that this type of topic of how you collect comes up, how people collect in general comes up. Because, of course, uh, Arnie Carvalho, who is the one who launched Vengan's Media and has launched Republic Forces Radio Network and uh, is not one of the folks who's carrying over into Rebels Roundtable, unfortunately. But I look at the type of things that he collects, and you collect, as you describe, Barrett collects. I'm thinking of these figures and how expensive they are. And granted, you know, I've had to spend a pretty decent amount of money, and I've got some repetition within my... Uh, my collection. I think I counted something like 29 different home video versions of A New Hope that I owned the other day, um, which is a little bit excessive. Okay, a lot excessive. But with the figures and all, especially trying to get two of each and such, does this ever reach a point where it feels like it's almost going to be cost prohibitive given the the way prices on figures and such have tended to go up and how many different lines there are and, and how big the waves can sometimes tend to be? Is there ever the a worry that you wouldn't be able to continue being as much of a completionist? Or is this something that's such a focus, uh, like I guess it is with me, with the books and comics and such, that you you make that part of the budget so the money is there always? You know, it's something that I'm constantly revisiting in a lot of ways. 
As far as the budget, yeah, that's always an issue. Luckily, right now, the stuff I collect, there, there isn't as much coming out. And I've been lucky enough to, to be able to find deals. I also do a lot of trading. Back before I had kids and even somewhat after when I had a little bit more disposable income, I used to buy people's collections and then piece it apart and trade or sell or whatever and just use that kind of rolling over into building my own collection. And now, I mean, even last week, I think I was looking over some of the stuff and I said, you know, I I just need to cut back uh, or I need to like maybe streamline it a little bit. And I have to decide that maybe with some of the figures or some of the ships, am I going to open them or do I like them better? Just sealed, you know, especially if they come in a window box. And so I've, I've kind of made some of the decisions, especially with the new films on the horizon. And, you know, who knows what type of collectibles are going to come with that. I just, I really don't know how I'm going to keep up with it. Or to be honest, if I'm going to keep up with it, I may do what I've talked to a lot of collectors about and just really get away from completionism and just honestly collect what I like and what has a meaning for me. Very cool. Very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Adult. Yeah, yeah. very, (laughs) very adult of you. Now, one of the things that definitely blurs the line, just like collecting sometimes does between, you know, younger and older fans, uh, collecting, you know, whether to play with versus collecting to uh, have on display and that sort of thing. Clone Wars itself seemed like at times it was somewhat divisive within fandom and somewhat of something that sort of had uh, an identity crisis of its own, you know, whether it was geared toward younger or older audiences. Uh, So let's move into our third question here, our third main question here, which is now that we have seen season six, so now we have the breadth and scope of the Clone Wars. And we've really only heard your thoughts on the Clone Wars since you joined Republic Forces Radio Network. So not for the entire thing, uh, particularly not for a lot of the stuff before the time jump and all. Looking back on it as a whole, season six included now, what did you think of the Clone Wars overall uh, now that it is all said and done? Oh, nothing like an easy question. I think overall, I enjoyed the Clone Wars. And I say enjoyed, but I won't say it was always good. I think that there were some times that there was a lot of missed opportunities. There were some storylines that I did not find as fulfilling or rewarding. But Nathan, as you know, I have three children. I have a 12-year-old girl, a 10-year-old boy, and an 8-year-old boy. And growing up in a house with me, there was really no way that they weren't going to be Star Wars fans. It was just, sorry, that's the uh, that's the card you drew, guys. This is the way it is. And I guess I had the advantage sometimes of watching Clone Wars with my kids and being able to appreciate it as they appreciated it and not just as who I am, the type of fan I am. So while there were a lot of episodes, especially in the beginning, that I didn't find resonated with me as much. I did find that they appealed to my children in different ways, and thereby I was able to appreciate it. Now, when I look at the Clone Wars as a journey, you know, from the the movie all the way through the final season six episode, I think there is a lot of good there. And I think it's unfortunate. I think we run it actually, I think we run into the same problems that some of the original trilogy fans have with 
the prequel trilogy. It isn't their Star Wars. It isn't the Star Wars that they wanted. It isn't the Star Wars that they expected. But it is Star Wars, I guess, maybe for a different generation or a different group. And I've been rewatching a lot of the older Clone Wars episodes. And what I've what I've come to think is, you know, they, they tried to please too many people. They tried to be the Clone Wars for kids, but at the same time tried to keep the interest of some of the older fans. And I think that was walking a very, very tight line that they weren't always able to do effectively. Now, I'm pretty accepting of it, but I know a lot of people who view Clone Wars as the death knell for Star Wars. And friends that I've talked to are actually just really dreading Rebels in a lot of ways. And that's not me. I'm I'm excited for Rebels because it's dealing with a time frame that I really enjoy. And I think they have the potential to do a lot with it. And especially since the last season five and season six of the Clone Wars, I thought, with a few exceptions, was a tremendously strong set of episodes. Just really, really good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as the type of fan I am. And I'm hoping that they can carry that that momentum on into Rebels. So they were mostly strong. Uh, I, I sense a sunny day in the void in the back of your mind, perhaps. Oh, it's, it's not in the back of my mind. I, <laughs> I still have nightmares, man. Oh. Now, you've sort of led into this a little bit, but in maybe in a little more specific sense here then, what do you, I guess it's sort of a two-part question, what do you expect from Star Wars Rebels, and what do you hope to see with Star Wars Rebels, if there is anything beyond what you just expressed there? Well, what do I expect to see with Star Wars Rebels? Like with any show, I think it could start a little rocky until it finds its footing. Again, that's why I really hope they're able to use the momentum they've built at the tail end of Clone Wars to carry them into Rebels. I think I'm going to expect to see them try to feel their way to find their audience. And with Disney's influence on this, I'm curious what form that that's going to take. Are we going to see a very Disney-fied type of show, or are we going to see something that's geared a little bit more toward adult fans? And I don't know that yet. You'd think they'd be able to pull this off because, again, having three kids, I'm, I unfortunately have to see a lot of animated movies and in a lot of animated movies, they, they still are able to insert enough to keep the adults engaged while still being able to keep that younger audience appeal. Disney's traditionally been pretty good at that, so I'm hoping that maybe some of their influence will bleed off onto Rebels. That's what I expect. What I hope, what I hope is to really delve into this time period that while it has been addressed, I don't think it's really been thoroughly explored. And it's something that as a Star Wars fan, I've all, especially a fan of the EU, I've always been interested in because this is, you know, the, the time period between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. The Empire is establishing itself. The Emperor is trying to get his grips on the galaxy, really, you know, push forward the new order. And and from everything that I've seen and I've heard, it really seems like this is what it's going to be like. And I find myself 
kind of thinking back to my old West End role-playing game days, they say this this series is primarily going to take place on one planet or one system and deal with you know, a same core group of characters that are going to move through different adventures and deal in a lot of ways with the same core set of villains, which seems a lot like role-playing game campaigns that I've done in the past. And that's what I'm hoping to see, because I think that could be a lot of fun. They have an opportunity to develop a group of characters that we can really invest with. You're going to be thinking that maybe we need a couple of droids uh, with the nicknames D6 and D20, perhaps as part of the crew <laughs> and such. Well, that's good. It's very, again, kind of a very pragmatic approach. You'll be the pragmatic one amongst uh, our team here in terms of what you're expecting. I, I, I'm hoping that it turns into everything that we're hoping for. I really, really do. This should make for, an, uh, if nothing else, some interesting discussions as we get our group, or the, as uh, Jerry had said, the band back together, or most of the band back together with some small swaps back and forth with some others to make Rebels Roundtable hopefully the same fun that uh, we get out of Republic Forces Radio Network. And it has been fun. I know that I I have enjoyed spending time with the Roundtable and with you guys. I always look forward to being able to talk out, especially when we're discussing Clone Wars and, and getting different points of view. It's it's really kind of that that wonderful outlet for me as a fan, and I know I've gotten wonderful feedback from the fans of the show who kind of look to us to be, you know, kind of their springboard for a lot of their thoughts on different episodes. And I I really hope that as Rebels Roundtable gets off the ground, that the fans stay invested and stay involved and you know email us or contact us or you know tell us what they like what they don't like and allow us to make sure that the show is what they want it to be and that of course is a nice handoff uh, unintended handoff uh here folks because i want to make sure that you do know how you can stay in contact with us interact with us one of our goals with rebels roundtable is that as we launch the star wars reports rebels roundtable it's not just going to be the podcast, we want to interact a lot more with you all uh, than a lot of times we had a chance to with Republic Forces Radio Network and, and such without its own Facebook page and such. So keep an eye out. You can follow us on Twitter at Rebels Round. We're already engaging there. You can also catch us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rebels Roundtable. That's our primary social media outlet uh, when it comes to interacting with uh, listeners and other fans and such. And of course, if you do want to go through and catch some of our materials that may wind up being in text form or episode directories and such to keep track of what we discuss and when, of course, the website for that, you can either go to StarWarsReport.com, the parent site for the show, where you can go under the category for the Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable, or you can simply go to RebelsRoundtable.com, and it'll send you directly to our section of StarWarsReport.com. So at this point, uh, there's no excuse not to be engaged if you want to be engaged. The discussions are already ongoing. We're sharing our excitement, and hopefully you will stop by and share yours as well. Uh, Jonathan, thank you for stopping by for this quick mini-interview and for being basically the ringmaster for us for quite a while and for quite a while to come. Oh, hey, I'm looking forward to it. I'm getting uh, my uh, bullwhip and stun sticks to keep you guys in line. As careful with the whip. You might give yourself a scar on the chin. Hmm. Uh, wrong franchise. Thank you for listening, folks, to this episode. Keep an eye out for the feed. There's more to come. Good night, everybody. Good night. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Wars Report's Rebels Roundtable. Interact with us online at facebook.com slash rebelsroundtable or on Twitter at rebelsround. Also be sure to visit rebelsroundtable.com when looking for an episode directory of the show. The Rebels Roundtable team is proud to carry on the legacy of Venganza Media's Republic Forces Radio Network podcast. We invite you to visit republicforces.com's archive section to hear many of the team members' thoughts on the Clone Wars, droids, Ewoks, and the Clone Wars micro-series. And check out Star Wars Beyond the Films, the official Expanded Universe podcast of StarWarsReport.com, hosted by Nathan and Mark, which you can find amongst the 2nd Airborne Division podcast network on StarWarsReport.com.